On this episode, we discuss a movie based entirely on a misunderstanding about how people's brains work. Limitless. everyone and welcome to the flop house i'm dan mccoy i'm Stuart wellington i'm elliot kaylin am i close enough I yeah you're doing i like I liked, Stuart, I liked the chiminess of the way you said your name like it was a doorbell yeah i i tried to do a do a you know like a pregnant pause i'm glad you didn't do it like uh, not what i was referring to la cucaracha that would, okay how would that go i don't know Stuart wellington maybe yeah i don't think i'm gonna do that okay so, Elliot, <laughs> nice try convincing him to do that, Dan. <laughs> you failed. Yep, I was burnt in that instance. So, welcome to the Flop House. <laughs> it's a it's a film podcast primarily. And uh, well, I, for the first fifteen minutes, it's usually a nonsense flop podcast <laughs> where we just talk about flopcast, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's a flop sense nodcast. <laughs> so, not off True to our flop sense. Should we talk about movies today, though? Well, should we talk about what you've been doing? What have you been doing lately, Dan? <laughs> no. Let's update the listeners. What have you been doing? Uh, comedy. I've been trying to write comedy. Okay. okay. Elliot knows. I've, he's been down Not the hall from me. Dan's been doing imagine. a lot of wandering into my office at different points throughout the day, and I'm saying, hey, what's up? And I'm going, nothing. And then just him kind of standing in my office and then leaving after a couple minutes. Uh, while I am trying to do valuable email. You know, I've, <laughs> I've said many times that if it was uh, if I was wandering into your office too much just to let me know, and apparently well, the time that you're letting me know <laughs> this is, it. is just, on the air. I let you know as publicly as possible. Makes wow. it very hard for me to look up pornography at work. <laughs> Wait. When you're in my office. Okay. Now, today, guys, we watched a movie. <laughs> we did watch a movie. Was this mo- a movie oh, with boy. limits? Dan? It was, it was a limitless movie. In why, fact, why in would title, it be limitless? The title suggested how limitless it was. And what was that title? It was limitless. That was a real come down from that buildup. <laughs> Anti-climax. <laughs> there was a limit to how far we could go with that. Yeah. Starring Bradley Cooper. Yep, Bradley mm-hmm. Cooper. Who did he do something before The Hangover? Like, where did he, he come from? He was the from? bad guy in The Wedding Crashers. Uh huh. He okay. was. Uh, he played. Um, I forget the name of the character. He was a character on Alias for the first couple of seasons. Okay. Was he Jim Alias, the main character? <laughs> he was James Alias. And is he related to Winnie Cooper? Yes. Uh, yeah. I would imagine. What about Minnie Cooper? Their mom? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not related to his mom. <laughs> he was also a bad guy in the mo- the Canadian horror movie My Little Eye. So oh, there. Um, he was so this uh, is a Bradley Cooper fan. This site. is the Coop Cast. <laughs> the internet's biggest Bradley unlike, Cooper podcast. Unlike our Cage Cast. <laughs> <laughs> Usually it's a Cage Cast, yeah, or a Heigl Cast. Hypercolor cast? Don't worry about it. So uh, Bradley Cooper's in this movie, and it's about a magical drug that makes him a super genius. It's called NZT. It's a clear little pill that makes you use 100% of your brain because this movie is not based on science. We thought it was a button initially, but then we're not using 100% of our brain, so I don't know what (laughs) we're saying. That's true. Now, that was like the irritating thing when we watched this trailer. It was an I mean, like this was what... Uh, initially, sort of when struck all our three fancy of us watched this trailer sure. about this trailer, our trailer podcast. <laughs> when it was the coming soon, house. <laughs> when I was like, "Oh, you know that you know how we everyone only uses twenty percent of their brains," and we're all like, "No, that's not that's, that's not, not true. a true thing. That's a urban legend." Uh, but thank you for basing an entire film on that premise. It's kind of like if they based an entire movie on. How if you mix pop rocks and coke, your head explodes? Mm-hmm. And there's like a scientist who's got to stop people's heads from exploding after they drink coke while eating pop rocks. Yeah, I mean, do they there's still make a... pop rocks? I mean, it was it'd be set in the 80s or 90s. Okay, no, it'd be set in the 90s, I guess, because then you do 90s fashions, a lot of 90s songs on the soundtrack. You do cameos from 90s stars. I mean, and, I know, smell a hit, I and I would sort of big hit. What do we call it though? Uh, uh, limited. 
<laughs> Wait, okay. no, I think you're limited. Just, I love it. I like it. I, I mean, like I sort of Hollywood, imagine hello. that the like there's like uh, a burst tank down at the Coca Cola factory. Okay, and so all the Coca Cola runs downhill into the Pop Rocks factory and just Which tanks like a batch of Pop Rocks. So poorly placed. Well, but then it would explode instantly. No, but no, it's limited to saliva. It's the saliva is the, the third two. element. The combination of the two. <laughs> no, no, no. no, I like Dan's comment. <laughs> that it that it needs human saliva. Like they they tested them on animals. So, Doesn't work. No explosions. You mean that, so we're not going to get to see a dog's head explode. Well, maybe if the dog's head is right next no, to a human head that's exploding. <laughs> no. We see a dog's head explode in earlier trials, but then they're like, okay, we finally worked the kinks out. You know, no uh, one's heads are exploding now. It's queued, it's, uh, it's queued up to human DNA in this saliva. <laughs> yep. but, okay, well, what, we figured out the plot. Great. We have the entire movie right there. We have the characters, the dog, the scientist, the pop rock tank. Star power is I think Tobey Hooper right? is signed on to direct. Tobey Hooper? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that, that the French director of the <laughs> no, it, Tejas Chainsaw Massacre? <laughs> well, that's, that's how Chainsaw in, in summer school uh, refers to him, so I assume that he knows what he's talking about. Oh, yeah, of course. Sure, the fictional, fictional character, character played character by Gene Fictional character sure. who is so dumb that he's in summer school. <laughs> but he knows about gore movies. That's, well, it's, that's not, it's not that he's, he's unintelligent. He just can't apply himself. He knows if about he the director NCT, maybe. of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. If anyone knows about the director of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's a guy named Chainsaw. Uh, I don't know about that. Maybe a guy named Leatherface would know a little bit about it? <laughs> Leather- Star of the movie? <laughs> It was about him? Leatherface will murder you. He will not tell you the name. The pr- or he'll try. I mean, Elliot is pretty wicked with a pair of uh, mini chainsaws. Yeah, exactly. Two mini chainsaws, one in each hand. Sure. Yeah. So Actually, two in each hand. Limited so limitless. <laughs> so limited. Who are the 90s stars that we get to appear in this? I assume Criss Cross, the rap duo. So wait, we're going back Nicole in time for the... I think Nicole Eggert. Nicole Eggert, great choice. Um, That's like at least one guaranteed nude scene, right? Yeah, right yeah. said Fred. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> he also contributes to the soundtrack, of course. Of course, well, the soundtrack. Oh, that's of yes. Okay, let's talk about Limitless. <laughs> let's cut the shit. A real movie let's that we actually. Limitless. So, Bradley Cooper is a no a no name. He's just a guy. His life is in shambles. He lives in a rundown apartment in Chinatown that would actually pretty be pretty expensive now. He's got a splint on his finger. He's got a For some reason, his... that's not explained, which is pretty great, actually. And his yeah. hair is tied back in kind of a gross, not ponytail exactly. Yeah, like he washed his hair like a couple of days ago, immediately put it in a ponytail, and then just let it yeah, sit. It I'm good for out. the week. And he has – his girlfriend is breaking up with him, and he owes a novel to a publisher because somehow this guy who's a nobody that is a nothing – Sold a novel to a publisher without having written it yeah. yet, with an with an advance apparently. Like, yeah, one would assume that that's what he. There's a lot of things. I mo- assume that this movie feels like it was written by like a teenager who doesn't have a lot of experience about the real world. Which is not to say that it's necessarily a terrible thing, but it's just like you have to pretend that the movie doesn't play by reality. Right. So, like, a nobody can sell a novel to a publishing company with an advance without having written the novel. You only use twenty percent of your brain. Uh, business is mostly before, made up though. of like. I mean, come on, mm-hmm. but it's not true. <laughs> it's not true. Oh, okay. It's like when I was a kid, and they'd be like, "Here, can you cover your whole face with your hand? That means you're going to get cancer." Yeah. What? Who are the scientists who have established this? Elliot, that that was just a that was a precursor to someone shoving their hand in your face. I don't yeah, know. But they never did that. Yeah, you slap I, your own the, hand the against your face. The kids I knew didn't do that. Part. <laughs> they didn't know the punchline. No, they just thought it was <laughs> a cancer legend. test. Wow. They were trying to help me. They were concerned about you. But one day. Uh, Bradley Cooper runs into his ex-brother-in-law, his ex-wife's brother, who gives him a radical new drug called NZT. Radical! (laughs) And when he takes it, suddenly everything goes fisheye lens, and there's brighter colors, and he can think faster, and he talks faster, and he knows everything. He remembers everything. It's weird. At one point, he says, he's literally, there's a lot of narration, and he's literally narrating what's happening. He goes, I reach back to a memory I never even recorded. It's just there. You cannot, like, even there, it's just poorly worded. You I can't don't... have a memory without recording You it. know, of all the things about the way a brain works, like, that's the thing that bothered me the least. I can accept the idea, like, okay, there's this memory in his brain, and it's totally latent, and now that he's reached, you know, like, total brain capacity, he's going to do it. I, ha- I have much more... No, it's just the poor wording of that phrase. I, I guess. I, I have much more trouble I mean, believing like later writer. on... 
Later on, when he like <laughs> is fighting someone, oh, well, is like I've... I'm reaching back into like memories of like kung fu movies I've seen. It's like just because you've seen these movies, don't doesn't mean you have the muscle memory yeah. to fight people or the strength yeah. or the flexibility. Sure. Well, I, forgot, I forgot the opening scene. Opening scene. He's standing on the ledge of a luxury apartment building. He's in a nice suit. And the movie begins with everything fucked up. Everything screwed up. Mm-hmm. People are trying to break in to attack him. You don't know why. He's considering jumping and killing himself. Then. Zoom down to the ground into a taxi. Zoom through the taxi to other taxis. Zoom through the city into his own brain. Then zoom farther into the brain. Keep zooming. Blood vessels, synapses. Keep zooming farther and you see Manhattan Island and you zoom into Manhattan Island and you eventually find Bradley Cooper again when he's in the past when he's all... You know, not so if you zoom far enough, you go back in time? Apparently. This movie is in love with super long zooms. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, this movie's got a lot of style. And by style, of... I mean a lot of direction. <laughs> it has the most direction of a movie. <laughs> yep. Top. I mean, it's, it's, it's one limitless. Of the, there's a the million movies that begin with everything's fucked up. How did it get this way? You're going to find out in a couple of minutes. That's true. Uh, so, anyway, we, we go back. He meets his ex brother in law. His ex brother in law gives him a drug. He takes it. Suddenly, he's using 100% of his brain. He charms his landlord's wife into having sex with him. Yeah, because women. Above everything else, they like a they like a really smart guy. Yeah. Oh, we, we all a guy that doesn't stop talking. Yeah, yeah. We, we have that experience. <laughs> sure. Smart guys who don't stop talking. Women just fall into bed with them. Knee deep. Uh, sure. Knee deep. <laughs> knee deep in bed. Like yeah. the bed made out of quicksand. <laughs> yep. I've got a very swampy bed, Elliot. <laughs> Why would you sleep in that? I guess if you don't struggle, you won't sink all the way. But I assume it's there's very a- comfortable. It can for- it's 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 memory. It's a memory swamp. memory sand. <laughs> I assume there's a vine hanging over your bed so you can get out in the morning. Sure. So he's super smart. He writes his novel in like four days. The publisher loves it. You of never he- you never hear about the novel ever again. I assume that I don't know the publishing house burns down with the only well copy. once you once you get clear, Elliot. Once you're using 100 percent of your brain, all of your artistic ambitions go out the window. Like I see. you realize that that's a that's a, that's a sucker's game. All you want to do is make money on on Wall Street, which and is he, what he does for the rest of the movie. Which is what he decides to do, and he learns languages instantly. Uh, and he starts stock brokering. Mm-hmm. He has his own system. He brokers stock. Stock. He starts breaking stocks. <laughs> okay. Just breaking them up, breaking them down, sure. breaking them all around, Just all over the all over the land. Somehow he gets involved with Robert De Niro. She the shiny well, I'm getting he's but he borrows some money from a Russian gangster to get into the stock market. Oh yeah, okay. Then he does so well in the stock market that there's a story about him in the New York Post, mm-hmm. and then he's not famous again ever. Uh, that's kind of picked up and dropped. But he's able to arrange a meeting with Robert De Niro, who is apparently the richest man in the world, whose last name is Van Loon. And there's a great moment where Maybe his... that's a Scrooge McDuck reference, you think? It probably is. Isn't yeah. that Von Drake? No. I'm just saying, you know, like, you know, like a sea, like a I mean, it sounds bird, like a Duckburg uh, name. It does sound like a Duckburg name, yeah. yeah. The, uh, one of the founding families of Duckburg, <laughs> the <laughs> Van Loons. There's a part where he t- he's trying, his girlfriend gets back together with him because he's cleaned himself up and he has money now. And he says, oh, I'm meeting with, you know, John Van Loon. And she goes... What can you do for John Van Loon? And it sounds like the Dr. Seuss book, Dr. Seuss, never got around to writing. What can you do for John Van Loon? <laughs> oh, the places you'll go for John Van Loon. He meets Robert De Niro and impresses him with his ability to talk businessy stuff. Um, but then – does he, does he sleep with him? Uh, he, strangely he, enough, he doesn't fall into okay. bed with Robert De Niro. You were kind of expecting that scene. I was, but yeah. This is after – there's like a montage of him – Making money and then becoming a jet setter and flying all over the world and hanging out with beautiful people. And it could take place over a month or it could take place over one afternoon. They're just not – like part of the movie becomes he's unable to tell time and the movie communicates that by being very bad at telling how much time I don't time know whether place. like – I mean like later on in the movie, yes, it's about how he can't tell time and how he loses time. Uh but early in the movie, I kind of don't know whether that's the movie doing that on purpose or whether it's just the screenwriting. Where yeah. it's just like, I don't know whether this, like, a year has passed. I have no idea. <laughs> he also seems to get really rich, and then he's not as rich again. Yeah. Like, he's flying all over the world buying sports cars, but then he still lives in the same apartment in Chinatown. And he, like, why doesn't he start his own business? Why does he join up with Van Loon? But anyway, he impresses Van Loon. Van Loon says, meet me again tomorrow. But, uh-oh, he runs out of pills. Yep. 
You would think that uh, being limitless would mean that he would remember not, you know, to stock up on his magic smart pills. Uh, or at least to count the pills. I mean, at the at the minimum. As I said, the first thing, as soon as he took it, the first one, is you would think he would use it to invent more pills. Like, that's the first thing on your mind. But the first thing it's he like does... It's like when you get a fucking genie, the first thing you ask for is a million more wishes I or mean, whatever. I mean, it's just a fool's game if you don't. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you, what are you, a sucker? Come on, don't be a sucker. Make the genie a sucker. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> you make that genie work for you. Exactly. You're not working for him. No, of course not. So all of you listeners, <laughs> So you like ever when get you have a, a monkey's paw, you wish for a monkey's paw that has a million monkey fingers. I would say, I, I wish for a monkey's paw where my wishes don't end up hurting me ironically. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that would be then my second get, wish. When you get that monkey's paw, then your second wish is, I wish this monkey's paw had a billion fingers so I'd have a billion wishes. Right. Okay. Yeah, so you're, like, I think you're probably then, right because otherwise it might grow too many fingers. Yeah, then, you, then you use them. the then you use the monkey's paw as a back scratcher just to show it who's boss. <laughs> Guys, you should probably be taking notes right now. <laughs> okay, anyone listening, this is no longer a movie podcast. This is a how to get rich through wishes podcast. This is the top selling wishes financial podcast. Don't make the same mistakes we did. That's we made a lot of mistakes. Ironic wishes, you bet we got a few of them. <laughs> yeah. That's why we're stuck doing this podcast. Don't ever we're say stuck. What are you talking about? If you if someone wish uses up one of your wishes wishing for a sandwich, don't ever say I wish that sandwich was on your nose because <laughs> it will end up attached to their nose. You wasted a wish. Yeah. Uh. But that's you the kind will, of thing that happens yeah, in fairy it's, tales it's, all the time. It's, it's careful use of language. You, you will gotta, get the experience. You need of, to eliminate wish from your vocabulary. Here's a tip. Tell you. Here's a tip from from a pro. Yeah, don't say wish until you, unless you mean it. And if you're making a wish, write it down first. Yeah. Work out the angles. Think about it. Don't freeform it. <laughs> don't improv this wish. So wait, I mean, do maybe... monkeys paws accept written wishes? <laughs> no, no. You write it down and then you read it aloud when you've worked but, out the wording. But what I'm saying is, like, they can tell the difference between like uh, spoken aloud and written down. No, I mean they don't care. It's just uh-huh. you're making sure there's nothing in the wish that you don't want to have happen. But you're just plotting out the wish. Has anyone ever tried to write first. a wish down in front of a monkey's paw? I don't paw? think it doesn't matter. You can't write a letter to a monkey's paw. I, don't, I could. <laughs> <laughs> All right, do it right Dearest now. I dare you. Paw. I dare you. Give me, uh, give me somebody's BlackBerry. Here, oh, wait, what? Why a BlackBerry? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know the monkey's paw BlackBerry number? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to give him a BBM. <laughs> Whoa, on the air? This is a family podcast. <laughs> da, 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 da. Anyway, back to the synopsis. So limitless. I forgot to mention that uh, his brother-in-law ends up murdered. His oh, yeah, ex-brother. He goes to his ex- ex-brother-in-law's apartment, picks up his brother-in-law's dry cleaning, and when he comes back, he's dead. Bum, bum, bum. Someone killed him, probably for the drugs. But they didn't find the drugs. He found the drugs. He takes them and becomes a magician super genius. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep, I wish he became a magician. <laughs> I'll use this intelligence to create tricks no one will be able to see through, not even Penn and Teller. Illusions. Illu- <laughs> he calls them tricks. Mm-hmm. Okay. He has no illusions. Sure. Mm-hmm. No, no, that's hilarious. About it. Anyway, so he's limitless. He starts working with Robert De Niro. He runs out of pills, but then he gets more pills. I got confused around this point. He's getting chased by a guy. He doesn't know why. His girlfriend – he runs out of pills and he starts going in through, into withdrawal. And uh, he get, makes his girlfriend go and get his stash, which he hid in a shell in her apartment rather than carry like three at, on him at all times. He's – as you said, for a guy who's using 100 percent of his brain, he seems to forget a lot how many pills he has on him on any moment. Or the fact that the pills are the source of his power. I don't use all of my brain all the time, but I always know how much money I have on me because right. I'm neurotic. Maybe he knows exactly how many pills he's got, but he thinks his life would be more exciting if he forgot sometimes. That's possible, yeah. He's just looking for the thrill at this point. Yeah, that's the thing. It's Mm -hmm. like a ground rush. He sends his girlfriend to go get them. His girlfriend is chased by this guy who's chasing him. Sure. And he's chasing her with a knife, and she calls him, and Bradley Cooper says, Use one of the pills. You'll think your way out of it. Now, they're at (laughs) Woolman Rink in Central Park. It's an ice skating rink. Here's how she... Takes the pill, suddenly everything gets all hazy, everything's fish-eyed, that means then you're super smart. Then she zooms in on a bunch of different potential weapons. She, zooms, different, she, she sees, zooms in on details like any number of like detective shows you've seen where you're like, oh, I'm a super detective, I'm going to see like only the important things. There's it's some hedge like, clippers, it's just like there's in, a baseball It's bat. just like in Shoot 'em Up, whenever he takes a bite of a carrot and suddenly yeah. his vision gets much better, yeah. like that. Yeah, and he sees, she sees a hedge clipper, a baseball bat, and... Uh, when running across the ice rink... Almost about to get stabbed, 
She uses a little girl, initially we assume as a human shield, but nope. <laughs> she swings the girl around, who is wearing ice skates, and slashes the guy's face all up. With her, with the little girl's ice skates. Yeah, of the of the Traumatizing options. a little girl. <laughs> I would have gone with either the head clippers or the baseball I bat. I would have gone with the baseball bat. <laughs> yeah. Rather than the... Pick up a little girl and use her as a weapon. Yeah, swing her around. I mean, if in you, the hopes that it's going to slash this guy in the cheek, <laughs> in the cheek, mind you, and then he just falls down. He's so shocked by what happened. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's yeah. like, so appalled. Oh, wow. She used a little girl as, Who does as a weapon. That? Who oh, does that kind of thing? Yeah. Well, now he realizes that the people he's dealing with are true monsters. Mm-hmm. Yes, like the, the the depths that she's willing. Their to depravity get. is limitless. <laughs> yeah. Oh, limitless. Mm-hmm. Anywho, so. Uh, it turns out everyone taking this drug, it, you you get sick, and if you take it too long, you die. And if you go into yeah, withdrawal, your hair falls out. You look like a skeleton face. Yeah. <laughs> and if you go cold Red turkey, skull. you yeah. also die. And everyone gets a limp for some reason. Yeah, it messes mm-hmm. with your your feet. Uh, the Russian mobster you is out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rich man. The Russian things. mobster comes back to get his money. Instead, uh, Bradley Cooper gives him pills, so the Russian mobster gets smart. Then Not a good idea. He, the Bradley Cooper gets a job with Robert De Niro. He impresses him after he gets the pills again. And they're organizing a merger with a company run by a guy that Bradley Cooper realizes is also taking NZT, the Miracle Genius Drug. Because as it turns out, everyone was taking it, it seems, <laughs> before, except for Bradley Cooper. It's like And apparently Robert De Niro. And Robert De Niro because he's naturally super smart. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who was doing – who was heading the other company, he dies – because he doesn't have enough of the stuff. Because he runs the out of the drugs. Sauce. It turns out the guy who was chasing them was working for that guy. The Russian mobster still wants more drugs. And there's a climax where the Russian mobster is trying to where break we, in. Where we flash back to the beginning, right? We go back to where we were. The Russian mobster is breaking into the apartment. Bradley Cooper realizes, wait a minute. I probably have a deus ex machina pill hidden somewhere. Well, Try- except for it isn't a deus ex machina because he drops it. Well, no, but it's one of those moments where it's like, oh, that box I checked earlier that had no pills in it, it probably still has one pill in it. For a second, you thought I was totally fucked, but instead, I got a get-out-of-jail-free card right here that you didn't know about, But then he drops it. And what does he do? He's got to outsmart everybody with his normal brain. And he does it by stabbing a guy and then drinking (laughs) his blood. Because... Because yeah. no matter how smart you are, a knife is still going to totally kill You're you. You're never smarter than a knife. Yeah, Russian guy. Russian guy's like, you are so stupid. <laughs> like that's not a Russian accent. I don't <laughs> no, know. it's not. You're so stupid. I I have discovered that you, if you inject not it very good. directly into your bloodstream, it's much more powerful. And then, like when Bradley Cooper stabs him, he's like, he's "Oh, what I gotta do over. is I gotta drink this guy's blood." So he just starts lapping up the blood, like. Uh, what like a like a month? What like, like a Kronos. Like, oh, like in Chronos? Like, Kronos. like yeah, you yeah. said when we were watching the movie, like in Chronos. Yeah, yeah. Except in Chronos, he didn't immediately get blue eyes and become super smart. Yeah, well, the like, blue eyes thing, are like, because he's a spice user. Somehow yeah, he's, he's gone to Arrakis. This sure. terribly like diluted in his bloodstream. Like how many you pints of how, blood you know are this man this guy used? Yeah, like, this could be a really powerful drug, and he could have very thin blood. Okay, but he like laps up Thanks, like chemist. two tablespoons of this guy's <laughs> blood, and all of a sudden he's like. This is, back the, to full power. this is the problem you're having with, with the medicine of the movie. This is a well, whole movie based no, on accepted, nonsense. Look, I've accepted the basic nonsense. Look, the, so why can't you accept that if you drink a smart guy's blood, you turn smart? Because <laughs> That's because why there's so many genius vampires. Base, I will accept a base level of nonsense, but within the context of the nonsense of this movie, that was more nonsense. That reminds me of a coworker of ours, Rich, told me about sure. a screenwriting book he read. Where it talked about how you can only have two crazy – you can only have one crazy thing in a movie. You can't have more than one because that ruins it. And mm-hmm. he says the example in the book was you can't have aliens land and then have one of the aliens be bitten by a vampire. That's too much. And we both – Rich and I both had the same reaction, which was that sounds like the best movie ever. <laughs> Why are you putting that in a screenwriting book? You should write that script and sell it. Vampire aliens? That sounds great. Yeah. I mean, how would that vampire react with that sudden injection of uh, alien blood? That's the thing. The alien turns into the vampire. What happens to the vampire? I don't know. Does yeah. he turn into an alien? He probably becomes dependent on that sweet, sweet alien blood. Yeah, it's like green broth. Yeah. I do like that. I do like that movie. I, but, 
But uh, like that movie we just invented. That, yeah. that not real movie? <laughs> he just zoomed you in like past us. More or less than limited, the movie about the Pop Rocks Coke explosions. No, I like that. that one. Is pretty that, that's pretty Wait, evil. I'm going to go with that one. Okay. <laughs> more than Vampire Aliens? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, you know, I named it. I think so a better like version it. of that is Count Spaceula. Uh, that's what we call it. Count Spaceula. Steve Martin has talked about writing Roxanne. And how, like, his theory on that is, like, you have to have the craziest thing early in the movie, and then the, the, the audience will go with it. And that's kind of what, that's why What's in Roxanne... What's the craziest thing in Roxanne? Does he has a big nose? No, no, that's why in Roxanne, like, I mean, it starts it's off crazy. with him having that sword fight. Have you fight seen the nose? With, uh, <laughs> he's, like, using a tennis racket to have a sword fight, and he's like, alright, this is, like, the base, like, this is, the, like, the baseline of, this like, silliness. This is as silliness. crazy as it's gonna get. You know, and, like, if you accept this, you're gonna go along with the rest of the movie. And I think that's kind of, like, the way that... It, like I'm not. I'm gonna take a movie that know. has. I don't know because I like a movie that has a, has a crazy surprise near the end. All if right. it doesn't break the tone, like Kickass, which I didn't like anyway. But when he comes in at the end with a jetpack with Gatling guns mounted on it, that is too crazy. But yep. I like a movie that at the last minute pulls out something where you're like, "What? What? <laughs> Aliens are allergic to water?" <laughs> well, that was that's revealed to the main character by the director halfway through okay. Science. Halfway through signs, the director of the movie tells the main character how to stop the aliens. What a sure. dumb movie. Anyway, Limitless. So, so it's a, a meta commentary on storytelling, so, Elliot. No, it's not. It's poorly made. So he laps up his villain's blood, <laughs> thus gaining his strength. Okay. It's iconic. I mean, that's he also folklore. takes that photo of. I him. mean, that's Joseph Campbell right there. I mean, that's at its yeah at its most base level. He's ingesting this guy mm-hmm. like he's becoming him. He's like a Wendigo. Yeah. Yeah, it's very similar exactly, to Wendigo. Exactly, like a Wendigo. Mm-hmm. Where did Wendigo? <laughs> hi That's if the Marsh Brothers ever had a joke about Wendigos. <laughs> anyway, for the, the one Marsh Brothers movie that Algernon Blackwood wrote. Anyway, so uh, Bradley Cooper laps up his enemy's blood. He beats up the other thug, Russian thugs. And then, 12 mm-hmm. months later... <laughs> <laughs> Which is literally what the movie says. The best says. and most unexpected title card since Bratz. <laughs> since Bratz when 20 minutes into the movie it said two years later. Here, it's almost the end of the movie. It says 12 months later. Not a year later. 12 months. Uh, and what's 12 months in the life of somebody who's limitless? It's one year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's enough for Bradley Cooper to come out of nowhere to be the ahead of the pack candidate for senator from New York. Mm-hmm. All okay. this, all the signs in his camp. All the signs. He's the Anthony Weiner of this movie. <laughs> Anthony Weiner worked for years building his career up. Nope. <laughs> he lost it quickly. He all didn't right. gain it quickly. He is the Anthony Weiner of the movie, though. Anyway, so <laughs> in no way. So all the signs in his campaign office say his name is Mora. His last name it says Mora for New York. It does, but none of the signs say like for Senate. So you think he's running right. for the the office of city? Like he's going to be the city of New York. Oh, okay. Anyway, sure. so. Anyway, yeah, I, didn't, so, I didn't get that part. That just bugged me. Uh, he's running for Senate, and who walks into his office? Robert De Niro. Bump, bump, bum. His former boss. And he knows all. He seems to know all about his magical NZT drug. It turns out Robert De Niro knows about NZT, and he's just bought the company that makes it. Bump, bump, bum. And he wants Bradley Cooper to be his puppet when he eventually becomes president. What? But Bradley Cooper's got a little ace up his sleeve, and what is that ace? That he reinvented NZT, made it better, off camera, st- stopped using it, and is now has now super powerful uh, perception. Yeah, he's a super. So genius. that he can predict that a car he's is about to bump into another car. Super. <laughs> and he touches Robert Nero's chest and says, "Oh, your arteries are are falling apart. You're gonna have to replace those." Oh well, I'm a Superman now, <laughs> and that uh, Robert De Niro can't outsmart him because he is limitless. And, and well, rather than he, have he like, he does own the company that makes that drug. Couldn't he just take that drug? Who, Robert De Niro? Yeah, he yeah but he does, be addicted to Yeah, that but he drug. doesn't know the super version that Bradley Cooper used that's for true. a little while. But also, but once you take that drug, man or Superman? That's the question, really. Yeah. yeah, but once you take that drug, you're dependent on it. That's the yeah. thing. And Unlike most drugs, it. where you take it for a little while and then you can just quit you cool. want, right? Just cool with it, right? And then the last scene is literally. Uh, Bradley Cooper goes to lunch with his girlfriend, and they're at a Chinese restaurant, and the waiter comes over, and, and Bradley Cooper speaks to him in Chinese, which is kind of racist to assume the waiter doesn't speak English. Yeah, the New York waiter. New York waiter. And then uh, he makes the Chinese guy laugh with his Chinese joke. Sure. And when he walks away, Bradley Cooper looks at his girlfriend and goes, what? 
credits roll. <laughs> yep. That is Rocking the last credits. line of the movie. What? It's like the end of uh, They Live, where the guy's like, hey, baby, what's wrong? <laughs> what's wrong? That's right. <laughs> As she stops having face. sex with <laughs> My main problems with this movie. Because you're an alien face. <laughs> Look, I mean, like, it's stupid. It's stupid, the idea, like, okay, this 20% of the brain, like, Your yes. problem is none of star power. <laughs> Where's well, the lady meester of this movie? It has well, Abby it has Cornish. Abby Cornish. Where's, where's Kim Janger? Uh, the woman, uh, a woman that, like, I'm familiar with because she has a unique name, but Abby I Abby Cornish not. of the Cornish game hen fortune. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Heiress to the Cornish game hen industry. <laughs> I figured out how to shrink chickens. <laughs> and now I'm a millionaire She's not like corn. She's corn-ish. <laughs> All right. Anywho. Let's not uh, belabor that. No, but... uh. I mean, I'm fine with the uh, the premise of the movie because even though it's based on a stupid urban legend, like, whatever. I'll accept that for the purpose of this movie. Yeah. Um, what I'm angry about, if anything, in this movie is the missteps. Are you going to be okay? I mean, you hero kind of mad. <laughs> no, the missteps. <laughs> Take it down. Are you on NZT? The missteps our hero makes, uh, like, being the smartest person in the movie. Well, that's the thing. He, says, he does a lot of dumb stuff. This is... Basically, a movie about drugs where he does everything a drug user does, including make exactly the stupid mistakes that people make in drug movies. Yeah. But you'd think he's super smart. At one point, he says he has a four digit IQ, which makes no sense. <laughs> like that. And at that point, he can read people's minds, I would imagine. He's got some kind of gift for hyperbole at that point. <laughs> yeah, his hyperbole is limitless. But uh, yeah, but he makes these dumb mistakes like giving smart pills to a Russian mobster. Yeah. Like. Not knowing how many pills he has on him at any given point. It takes him forever to decide to hire someone to make new pills for him. Yeah. Like, I think he's down to, like, eight pills. It's, you know. Yeah. yeah. Like like Stuart said, the first thing you do is you synthesize pills. You're not going to, like, like, his rationale for giving it to the Russian mobster is like, uh, this will get him off my back for a while. Like, yes, make your enemy superpower. Like, I'm not even on that shit, and I know I have a million more ideas to stop this Russian gangster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Call the police, for instance. <laughs> Frame him for some kind of crime. Well, that's the thing. He's like, there are ways of getting rid of him. I'll give him pills. No, like, hire someone to kill him. Yeah, or it's whatnot. not like our hero has a lot of moral compunction. I mean, he kills several people in the course of this and film. And he also sets, a, sets up a macabre practical joke in his safe. When uh, he has two security guys who get killed by the Russian mobster and their hands are mailed to him. And he sets it up in his safe in his apartment so that the disembodied hands are there. And one of them is giving the finger to the gangster who just opened the safe. And yeah, you know I he mean, was – so he was crouching there like forcing these fingers yeah. into place because rigor, rigor mortis, mortis had, yeah, had just tightened maybe, them. Maybe dipped them in tar or something <laughs> to, for them to hold their position. To or? make a hand of liberty. Yeah, exactly. Hand of glory. Hand of glory. It's okay. You can fuck it up if you want. Um, <laughs> the other thing is that oh, so this like the whole movie. Well, hand of liberty is different. It feels like the entire movie. the The biggest problem he has is that he is trying to deal with his dependency on this drug. Yeah. And then the conclusion of the movies, it's like, yeah, you didn't see this, but uh, he was able to give up the drug, and now he's even smarter than before. I so kicked it's it. Cool. It's like in A Beautiful Mind where he's crazy and the solution is for him to stop being crazy. I'll be Just honest. to decide to not be crazy anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest. One of the things I liked about this movie is that it didn't have like a, like a weird like false moralizing ending. It did not glorify having this limitless power for most of the movie. And yes, then it did. Being like, fuck you. No, no, I'm saying like it didn't do that. And oh, then, I see. And then it was like, fuck you. We're going to take it away. And the true moral is humanity. <laughs> like at the end of the movie, it was like... No, he figured out a way to beat humanity, and now he's limitless. Now he's Dr. Manhattan. Yeah, he's awesome. I mean, like, the only thing that kind of goes against that is Robert De Niro actually has a pretty good speech in the movie where he's like, you're a brat who's just throwing around his power, like, you didn't work for this, like, I worked my way up, and now I understand the way human beings work. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I guess, well, you like... you know what? In the end of the day, yeah, he I guess, loses. I guess it's at the true, end of the day, like, evil. hard work doesn't he's a, matter. He's a dick. <laughs> So that's true. It is a it self. Discounts. Well, he's not young and attractive like a uh, yeah. hard body, like Bradford Cooper with. <laughs> sure, Bradlam Coopsy. <laughs> it's true. It's the self-made man People don't versus use the, the drug hard user. body enough. <laughs> <laughs> I think after the movie, hard, the bodies, movie hard, yeah. hard bodies too. Sure. It kind of fell out of favor. Uh, the same way people stopped saying "Hot Dog" the movie after "Hot Dog" the movie came out. <laughs> Well, there was that confusion because after Hot Dog the movie came out about whether you wanted a hot dog or you wanted to I, go see Hot still, Dog Still, when you go to Nathan's sometimes, you'll give me a hot dog. And they go, 
the food or the movie? Because <laughs> yeah, we've got a bunch of DVDs back here. We, honestly, we've been trying to get rid of them. No one wants them. But The weird thing is, they don't even have a copy of that movie in stock. <laughs> That's the strange it's thing. It's just like when people got mixed up which wonton ton it was. Is that wonton ton the dog who saved Hollywood or is that a different wonton ton? Is that Benji the hunted or a different Benji? Is it oh heavenly dog or just regular Benji? Is that ballistic X versus Sever or is this a different X? <laughs> huh, Movies. <laughs> but yeah, it's a um, in the end, he beats the world. Mm-hmm. It almost, it feels like... Carter beats the devil. The book. What? I haven't read it. It's pretty good. Boy meets world. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, what were you saying before Dan interrupted you by being a dick? I don't even remember. <laughs> before he brought in, what, your book club recommendation? <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> I, don't have a movie, I don't have a movie recommendation this week, so, uh, yeah. We're Carter not even at that way. part of the podcast <laughs> okay. yet. Oh my god, I'm so turned around. Anyway, now, you were this saying is, the morality of this film is a little weird. It just it looks like it's setting you up for one thing and then it goes for the other, which is fine. But the end, but the, it does make it look like it's really easy to get off drugs, and uh, also it's just like this is a guy who's cheated his way through everything. Yeah, which I guess I don't have a problem with him winning in a movie. He does, but there is a moment where he so he in one of his drug hazes because what happens is also he starts blacking out and mm-hmm. missing time. He goes to a party and picks up a model. She takes him to her t- hotel room. The next day – and then he wakes – he finds himself suddenly on the Brooklyn Bridge. He doesn't know how he got there. There's a news report the next day that says, model found murdered in her hotel. There, This is never tied up. Like he just gets away with murdering I was assuming woman. it was that guy he thought he saw following him in the uh, the hotel uh, you know, hallway. The guy who, want, with, who was chasing his girlfriend yeah, later? Yeah, the knife guy. But why would he kill that model? It doesn't make any sense. Knifey Niverson. Knifey Niverson. Yeah. She knew too much. Yeah. Maybe she made fun of his penis size or something. <laughs> Wait, so he came in. Yes. Seduced her. Continue, yes. Mm-hmm. She made fun of his penis size. <laughs> I mean, it happens sometimes. I think you're thinking of the he first scene of Unforgiven. <laughs> sure. He stormed out, said, no, I can handle this better. Stormed back in. They talked for a little while. <laughs> Uh, they couldn't come to agreement, stormed out again, said, I'm just so mad, stormed in, stabbed her, said, oh, my God, what have I done? Walked out, was going to call the police, said, I'm going to be in trouble now. Walked back in. He framed Limitless. Framed Limitless. <laughs> <laughs> By, like, spreading some pills all over the place. And a, a bunch of, like, I don't know, books? Does he read books? He does sometimes. Well, that's the thing. He doesn't well, seem he has to have... literally no limits, He Stuart. has no okay. life outside of... The things he's doing. Like, you never get a sense that Bradley Cooper's character exists as a character. Okay. So and he just sits in front of computer screens and reading, like, seven different monitors at We one know time. he... Yes. We know he owns a basketball. We find that out earlier in the movie. Okay. Well, he cares enough to write a uh, science fiction uh, book that apparently is also a social commentary, but then doesn't care about writing another book after that. Well, ever. he writes it. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And then, again, we never hear... It. There's a lot of... Dropped. It's almost like this person wrote the screen. The screenplay was written over the course of like five years, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, I got twenty pages written. I'll get back to this soon. Months pass. Oh, I'll write another ten pages. And so, like, plot points get picked up and dropped as the movie goes along, with not really any logic to like, them. Like, it's been kind of boring. We need an action scene here. How about he remembers movies he's seen and use those maneuvers to defeat his enemies? There is yeah. a weird sort of lack of cohesion. Like, there is no story unity. You know, it's like, uh, I guess, at the end, Robert De Niro is the villain of the piece. In Eventually. The sense that, like, he's, like, the last confrontation. But he doesn't really do anything serious to threaten Bradley Cooper in the movie. And the things that do threaten Bradley Cooper in the movie uh, are things that he kind of brought on himself. He brought all of them on himself. Just by being stupid throughout the film. Well, he's it, limitless. It's, a it's almost very like strange. his intelligence and his stupidity are both limitless. Yeah, he spends a lot of time like shopping for things and using like merchandise. It's one of the. It's it, there's a lot of movies now where like a lot part of the the joy of the movie, I guess, is seeing people live this like outlandishly big lifestyle. So like he's driving a sports car and then he's going shopping for a jacket, you know, and things like that that don't really apply to the plot, but it's style stuff, I guess. Yeah. Isn't this the life you would lead if you were limitless? You'd be shopping for jackets all the time. Mm-hmm. And doing crunches. <laughs> he does do crunches, too. 
Stuart, you do a lot of crunches. You look good in a jacket. Yeah, I must be limitless. <laughs> Not! <laughs> what? That's a joke, guys. Mm, Anywho, burn. so should we final judgment we this final, pitch? We should judgment it up. Uh, I'm going to start. Oh, Ooh. wow, okay. Uh, is this a good, bad rude. movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie I kind of liked? I gotta say, I kind of like this movie. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I thought it had, uh, it moved along at a good clip. It had some nice style. It was stupid, but it didn't bore me. And I kind of found its lack of morality refreshing. I kind of enjoyed the fact that at the end, it was like, fuck you, I'm limitless. Uh, <laughs> you expected me to learn a lesson? I learned no lesson. <laughs> I am awesome. So, uh, I mean, you know, if you're ba- if you're at home, if you're bored, if this movie comes on, I would say totally watch this shit. You know what? I ha- hate to admit it, but I agree with you because yeah. I hate agreeing with you. Uh, but I also kind of liked it. Uh, this was a solid two, two-and-a-half star movie. Mm-hmm. Good for a rainy afternoon. Maybe you're sick from work. Maybe, um, I don't know, like a bootleg copy of it fell in your lap accidentally <laughs> in the subway and nobody noticed. Then, uh, you know, go home. If you have a moment, watch it while you're doing something else. I don't know. But it does have – like there are are a bunch of camera effects in it that are neat, that are also stupid, but neat. Yeah, I mean it was for those reasons I was I was going to classify it as a good bad movie. Like I can't I can't justify and say that I actually enjoyed it that much, but mm. I, it was fun to sit around and make jokes about and talk about limitless stuff and how stupid the science of the whole thing is. I mean, and that's all the, the zooms. Once you get over the fact that it's based on nonsense, like not real science, it's I mean, it that should be more of a sticking point than it is, I guess. But it goes to show if they have one big stupid thing, you can buy it. Yeah, if it's at the beginning. Yeah. Maybe you're right. Maybe Steve Martin is right. Maybe he has something. Unlikely. Yeah. Put put all your chips on one stupid thing. And then the other stupid things, maybe you should work on a little bit more limitless. But I guess if I can watch The Exorcist and suspend my disbelief that the devil exists for two hours, then I can suspend my disbelief about how the brain works. Okay. So, so letters? I've got some letters from listeners here. Letters from listeners. We've got some great ones. So, uh, I like we had we had dueling jingle titles. You've got there. some great ones. We should probably uh, speed through this speed a little bit. Speed through this a little uh, bit. This one is from Micah by way of the Porthole of Time. Micah. Porthole of Time. He says, I am a new listener who, who heard about you from the AV Club. Yes. In a short amount of time since then, I've managed to listen to almost all of your back catalog. A Completist. Binge, if you will, and couldn't stop laughing at the inside jokes bit in the I'm Number Four podcast. And then, uh, you know, he badmouths, How does this get made a while? I've cut it out. I don't, don't, don't need to yeah, belabor yeah. that. We appreciate that people like us more than How Did This Get Made. Mm-hmm. And please do send us letters about how much you like us more than How Did This Get Made. But you understand, we don't want to gloat over it. Mm-hmm. The fact that we're now blowing up superstars. What's, uh, what's, uh, how does, how did this get made? Uh, it's it's a, but it's but a he a says, podcast. listening okay. to you guys is a complete 180. Your self-awareness and honesty comes through and makes it a joy to listen to. From Elliot's wonderfully deep esoteric knowledge, Stuart's ability to de- derail any train of thought. <laughs> and Dan's, He's like the penny on the tracks of the mind. <laughs> and Dan's unflappable Leonardo skills with a side of sigh. You talk to your audience as equals, inviting us to enjoy camaraderie and friendship evident between you. It Thank was you. difficult to listen to How Did This Get Made after listening to the Flophouse. I thought you weren't going to read any How Did This Get Made well, look, slams. I'm just saying. It was, thanks to this it podcast. Was, it was a partial slam, partial uh, congratulations. Uh, partial slam. Uh, he, he's advocating for a podcast war. Again. That seems crazy. Look. A podcast war. What can, even happens in that? There's no, I don't know. There's no winners in that. Only losers. Except so. us if we win. <laughs> no, 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 guys. <laughs> Come on, Dan. Be limitless. What would limitless do? Look, it's a funny sort of game. He would, he the would... only way to win is not to play. <laughs> All right. If if Limitless was doing if this, he, he was would involved, totally do it. He would come up with a secret thing that nobody else knew about it. Do that and then win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. Let's do it like Limitless. Okay, let's do it Limitless style. <laughs> Ultimate Limitless style. So get some drugs. No, I just want to read that. I like that. That's this is a warm up. That was a nice Thanks very much, Micah. We appreciate. We're glad you like the show so much. So, uh, but uh, now on to the slams. Move on. <laughs> Ryan, last name withheld, says. I don't think any of us can predict how we will die. Well, Limitless probably could, but yeah, uh, he'll, he'll never die. Nadoy, uh, I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking. For me, it may involve an aggressive badger. I, I say this because, frankly, because I thought, my job is removing badgers from things. <laughs> frankly, my local badger. 
I owe some money to a Russian badger. <laughs> Frankly, I thought and the I'm badger not pay it back. would come for me long before I found a podcast like the Flophouse. Yes. The three of you radiate blinding brilliance like a diamond light bulb over some sink in heaven. Wow. Well, that was be- the most beautiful metaphor I've ever heard. Before this becomes one of those gushing emails you guys must get so many of. Nope. Not that many. I have a serious question for each of you. Unliked. So uh, I'm going to read all of the questions, then we can go back. But okay. it says, uh, Dan, what advice would you give to someone who wants to do the things you do besides try something else and sigh? Why would anyone want to do the things Stuart, you do? Stuart. What? A podcast deep in the archive seems to, <laughs> seems to suggest you may be a fan of the incredible fantasy tabletop game, Blood Bowl. Uh. If so, please share some information about your team and how awesome they are. Do you think they could beat my team, the Dwarven Senate Subcommittee? Probably. And Elliot, <laughs> please be, speak for as long as Dan will allow about your favorite Ninja Turtle, as well as the history of who, who among the brothers has held this position over the course of your life. Wait, they're Can brothers? Do. Hold on. Yeah, they're brothers. Back up. So first Under the of shell. all, how to do what I do. Uh, I'm not sure why you would want to. I've only been uh, arguably successful for the past two months. You've been very successful. Look at you. Nice looking boy. Mm-hmm. Married. Living yeah, in Brooklyn. Yeah, dude. You've totally yeah. married the woman of your dreams. Yeah, come right. on. No, okay. Well, your success has been limitless. It's a, it's a callback. Um, <laughs> it's not a callback. Yeah, it is. That's what we're talking about, right? If you're asking about podcasts, I would say go back in time uh, four or five years to when podcasts were relatively new and uh, start up a podcast about bad movies. What uh, a great instruction. How to start a podcast. One, start a podcast. Uh, yeah, no, I don't, I, you know. You clearly felt this one through before. Yeah, yeah, Dan, you are the only one of us who's read these before, and you have the worst answer. (laughs) You can hit your star to um, uh, a friend of yours with a deep, resonant voice, and another friend of yours who carries all the star power of being a writer on a hit television show. Which is very little star power. Double burn Uh, for our successes. Yeah, I guess that's how to become like me, Uh, Elliot. Here's how you become like Dan. Two steps. Mm Mm-hmm. You keep your feet on the ground, step one. Step two, you keep reaching for the stars. Yeah, dude. Head in the clouds. Wait. And you know who you say? What you say? Say, I am limitless. (laughs) (laughs) When do you say that? Like All the time. (laughs) Well, it's like an affirmation. Yeah. Okay. Sure. What about your your blood bowl? No, I'll be be happy to answer all that that information in a private message. Whoa. Yeah, it's just for me and what's this guy's name? Ryan last name withheld. Me and Ryan last name withheld will have a private message. Ooh, sexy. Ladies, wouldn't you like to have a private message about Blood Bowl? <laughs> I think they would. With Stuart? Just send me another letter. <laughs> okay, Elliot, you're, you're one. So my favorite Ninja Turtles, this is easy. All right. When I was a kid, obviously Donatello because he was the smartest. Mm-hmm. He invented things. Okay. Didn't care for the color purple. Not nope. my favorite color. It's Wished, so regal, though. It's regal, but I didn't know that as a kid. I just thought of it as kind of like a girly color. And okay. the only color I liked less of the Ninja Turtles was orange. I wish Donatello was blue because blue is the best color, but Donatello, but Leonardo has blue and Leonardo's boring. That's why Dan is the Leonardo of the group. Uh, but Donatello is my favorite because he was the smartest. Then as I got older, Raphael became my favorite. Why? Because he doesn't take nothing okay, from well, nobody. Okay, well, it says, please speak for as long sarcastic. as Dan will allow you, and that's the longest he I He carries size, and size are totally cooler than a staff. Um, thank you, Ryan. <laughs> Last uh, name on. withheld. Uh, this, this email is called, A Ringing Endorsement for Flophouse Live Events. Mm. And it okay. is uh, this is an epic this one. This is directed to Elliot. This is, this <laughs> is from... And it says, please tell us more about the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> this is from James, last name withheld. He says, I'm a relatively new convert to the program, but it has quickly become my go-to antidote for my 9-to-5 office job blues. Yes! I believe I've burned through the entirety of the back catalog and have become well acquainted with such gems as Rocket Crocodile and the World of Tomorrow. Oh, I forgot about that guaranteed shorewire winner pitch. Million Dollar Getaway, Dan's Militia of Hook-Handed Separatists. And, of course, the Flophouse Housecat. Living in Brooklyn myself, I got my sorry old bones over to 92Y Tribeca for the live Flophouse showing of Twin Sitters. <laughs> <laughs> a little late, Housecat. Housecat, you missed your cue. I had to go and get him. <laughs> now, 
I should mention that I've met all of you fine gentlemen in person at one point or another since becoming a fan of the show. When I spotted Mr. Wellington waiting in line for beer at the concession stand, I promptly reintroduced myself as James, explaining that we had met briefly once before and that I was a big Flophouse fan. We traded some small talk about the theater and Twin Sitters before Stuart looked me very earnestly in the eye and called me Steve. (laughs) Yes. I look forward to the day I can tell my future children that Mr. Stuart Wellington himself called me by name. Not my name, of course, but a name, nonetheless. A name. Anyway, the movie showing... He might have called you Chair if you were less lucky. The movie showing itself was a blast. You were all very funny, and Twin Sitters proved to be everything I hoped for in its unabashed insanity. The hilarious slideshow presentation, trivia rounds, and interview session with your wonderful ladies was icing on the cake. I'd like to mention that I also very much appreciate the recommendations portion of the show. I've watched Frozen, Black Death, Centurion, and Election on your collective recommendation, and look forward to loading up on Sin Nombre soon. I think you might be disappointed after all those other movies, but well, uh, a different kind, different of, kind of film. Most of those were my recommendations, by the way, Steve. There's <laughs> Election was again. Mine, uh, there's nothing quite like None watching a man's head explode like some sort of bizarre meat-stuffed watermelon a la Centurion or idiot frat boys being devoured by the most insanely ravenous wolves in recent film history <laughs> in Frozen. Awesome. <laughs> Keeping with the ridiculously gory theme, I stumbled upon a recent Korean film called I Saw the Devil on Netflix Instant. Man, this guy's got his own podcast. It features the lead from <laughs> Old Boy. Oh, really? As our most distru- as the most disturbing serial killer I've ever seen since Anton Chigurh. The film is shockingly violent, and while I typically prefer my violence to be over-the-top and comical, I still find myself compelled to finish the film. No ding-dongs are ripped off, <laughs> and no one is insulted with a submarine sandwich. But if you're looking for a violent revenge flick, it might be worth your time. Keep up with the good work. So thank you, James. Thanks for that novel. James. Thanks, James. i got to apologize. <laughs> You caught me after a couple of beers and uh, being nervous for a doing couple a live of beers. show. I'd had a couple of before beers. Stuart was show. very nervous before Yeah, the I'd show. had like two or three beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike these guys, I don't do comedy stuff, so I was a little nervous. I can understand that. This is, this Danielle, this is my wife, stuff. was so nervous that she actually drank an entire bottle of Jim Bean. That <laughs> did not happen, but I would love what's to do Jim, that. What's Jim Bean? It's just a guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she drank a bottle of some guy. Yes. No, she didn't drink it all. So that was a lovely letter. Mm-hmm. And that's a recommendation I was planning on checking out at some point. So thanks, James. Yeah, I, I remember when that was in the theaters and I missed it. I was unhappy about it. It's on my Netflix watch instant queue. So you're one yeah. step ahead of us. Thanks, dude. Why don't we continue? <laughs> Had to one up us. Does um, that make you feel like a big man, Limitless? A little bit. <laughs> the final uh, letter of the evening. Is uh, <laughs> it's from Maggie, last name withheld. Simpson. Sounds like a girl. And it says, <laughs> Dear members of the House of Flop, since you ignored my recent request that you, re- that you review Love and Other Drugs for my husband, Lieutenant, last name withheld. Was that a request? I don't remember re- that one. Look, let me finish this email. I think what happened, Dan didn't pass it along. Let's, let's, Very let likely. Let's finish this email. Let's blame the messenger. He edited it Dan. out, yeah. Uh, there are people listening to this podcast, so if you don't interrupt, no, there aren't. it'll be easier to follow for those people. All right. Since you ignored my recent request that you review love and other drugs for my husband, lieutenant last name withheld. I don't remember that. In request. Iraq, <laughs> I've decided to scale down my terms. While it would be awesome if you would review love and other drugs, which both myself and lieutenant last name withheld hated, I will be satisfied if he merely gets a shout out at some point during your next review. It would help tip the scales in favor of. Uh, sorry, if it would help tip the scales, as it as it be known to the cognoscenti, L O L A O D has Anne Hathaway naked, like eighty nine percent of the movie. <laughs> That's a huge percentage. That's gonna make so Elliot really uncomfortable. They're like BFFs, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah we I'm were, sorry. I mean, I've seen her naked because we've changed in front of each other. So yeah, you guys shower together as kids. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is my <laughs> fault. That I did not present uh, Anne Hathaway. This is a for a woman's husband in Iraq. Yeah. Uh, here's the problem. I've, I, I, I've seen Love and Other Drugs starring Anna, uh, Elliot's BFF, Anne Hathaway. Yeah, best friend, briefly married. 
um, nude for uh, it's pretty accurate. I mean, I presented the movie. Uh, I've seen the movie. I mean, does the movie take place at a nudist colony? Like, are they always in the shower? How does that How does that happen? Um, it's a nude. It's, it's a movie about Viagra and about uh, ladies and gentlemen fucking. And uh, I, enjoy, I, enjoy, I here's the thing. You made that sound really weird. Yeah, like that's never been in a movie before. Yeah, I I got this email from this uh, fine lady. I read Love and Other Drugs. You read it. I saw that title in the email. Oh, I thought to myself, I've seen this movie. I did not read further. I admit it. It's my problem. <laughs> as soon that's something you should know about Dan. As soon as he reads I the name of a movie he's seen before, he stops reading. I think what anything. happened was he read the email and was like, "Wait a minute, she's naked in this movie. I'm going to go watch it mm-hmm. on my own for some private. My own I'm going to have some private, my own flop house, if you know what I mean. My sure. own private time in that I watched it with my wife. <laughs> well, hey, TMI. Hey, whoa, yeah. Exactly. I don't need to know what you guys do in your spare time, but tell me. No, but <laughs> no, we watched it. I I have to admit, I did not hate the movie. I thought it had its problems. Didn't hate it. Which, well, you didn't hate the love, but what about the other drugs? The other drugs were not great. Was one of the drugs So what MZT you're saying is that Limitless? not only are you not going to fulfill her desire by us watching this movie and making fun of it, but you're also saying she's wrong. And you're this not even going to make it. Uh, you're not even going to give her husband Where's a, the a, shout a, a shout Yet out. again. You replaced his name with name withheld. All right. No. First of all, <laughs> she called him Lieutenant Last Name Withheld. Oh, okay. Secondly, um, you guys, as usual, are interrupting me before I get to my point. <laughs> are you surprised? Okay, continue. Uh, I'm. Uh, this is my mea culpa. I uh, should have read further and gotten more into this. However, the thing is, I've seen this movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't entirely hate this movie. I thought it had its problems, but I thought it was okay. But here's what I'm going to say. Uh, because we've had no entries into our last ill-defined Flophouse Congre- uh, contest. I didn't even remember we had a contest. What was the, which one was this? Uh, I think that was promote the Flophouse. And nobody did. Well, yeah. I guess the AV Club wins. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, if Christian, I mean, if Christian Williams wants to claim to his uh, prize, Is that the guy can. from the AV Club? I think it is. I mean, he's the guy who uh, I know has listened to the podcast before, so I assume that that's the guy. Who... I thought I assumed it was AV Club, the guy who writes all the articles in the AV Club, sure. Andrew... Uh, Velasquez. Velasquez <laughs> Club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, but here's what I'm going to say. Um, Flophouse honors the troops. Of course we do. In lieu of uh, that contest that didn't go anywhere, Lieutenant Last Name Withheld should submit three possible movies for the Flophouse to cover. And like our last contest where we covered Teen Teen Witch, it shouldn't be uh, necessarily something new. It could be any movie. It could be any movie he wants. So what he can do is... He can submit three movies, mm-hmm. and then you will and complain then we'll- about the three sets. <laughs> <laughs> we'll discuss three more. The three. We'll discuss the three. We'll come up Suggest with one. one or two that you want to watch. That we want. <laughs> one of them will be Teen Witch. And then we will uh, then we'll do that film. Adventure, yes, sure. sir. Lieutenant, last name withheld. We will see the movie you recommend. Mm-hmm. Give us three or one. In honor of your four. service, yeah. we will make fun of a terrible film for you. Yes, or um, or it might be a movie we actually kind of like. That's true. Yeah. It, I apologize ahead of time if it's a movie we end up actually kind of liking. Yeah, but we'll still, you know, there'll still be entertainment in it. We sure. actually kind of like Limitless. Us, That's true. And we still tore it a new hole. Yeah. A new Limitless hole. So, guys. So now what do we do? Well, I mean, uh, do you really want to make recommendations or do you want to just call it a night? I, 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 mean, just, I watched The Relic long. yesterday and it wasn't very good. So. Yeah. so you're recommending not to watch The Relic? I mean, I wouldn't watch that. I watched the first half hour of Fallen Idol, uh, the uh, Carol Reed film, and then the Netflix disc uh, crapped out on me. So it was pretty awesome the up until then. Recommendation for Netflix? I'll is... recommend the first 30 minutes of Fallen Idol. Well, I will recommend, this is just for a special group out there. I've watched all but the last 15 minutes or so of this movie. It's called The Half-Naked Truth. It's from the 30s. If you ever wanted to see fat character actor Eugene Pallet with his shirt off, this is the movie <laughs> to see him in. He played Friar Tuck in the Errol Flynn Robin Hood. You may know him as uh, Barbara Stanwyck's dad in The Lady Eve, among other things. Uh... Ever wanted to see what he looks like with no shirt on? The Half Naked Truth, starring Lee Tracy and Lupe Velez, is the movie to see. Wow. So, three recommendations. <laughs> three, three. <laughs> Great recommendations, guys. We still happens. got it, guys. That's the thing. We still got it. 
Oh, have we ever? We're not three, letting three years has been four years. We're not letting our success ruin our long-standing uh... inability <laughs> to do this. Yeah. Cue fart sound effect, and see you guys later. <laughs> so uh, I guess we should sign off. What do you think? Yeah. Why are you looking at me? Why don't you look at Ellie? Well, let He's me check my bracelet. WWLD. What would Limitless do? <laughs> yeah, he'd probably end the podcast here. Okay, guys. In that case, yeah, I've been Dan McCoy. I've been Stuart Wellington. I have been Elliot. Last name withheld. The last name's Caitlin. Good night, everyone. Test it up. Test. Test. Bassmaster. Bassmaster. Somebody stealing all the world's bass. 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 Stealing all the world's fish. Beasts. Beasts. Beastmasters. The porthole of time. Beasts don't get us started on portholes. Normal distance.